Ah, oh, yes, it worked. It happened. I got the great man. I, I was worried. I was worried at all because I've talked it up all week, Jago. I've talked this up all week. The fans have wanted to see it, and I've I've come through with the goods. How are you, mate? Good, Robbo. Great, mate. Um, excited, pumped, yeah. and um, yeah, a bit like a cat on a hot tin roof at the moment. Just um, all these myriad of emotions. Um, I thought I had them in check after the uh, preliminary final. Yeah. The first couple of days, I thought, "Wow, we're going to the big dance." Yeah. And um, and then I, I started to get a little bit, you know, thinking of, you know, what if it goes the wrong way, and um, I sort of dispelled them them feelings as soon as I, um, I I sort of thought, "Well, look, irrespective of the result, we we don't want to say, you know, anything negative." Um, Irrespective of the result, I think, and you'd be the same, Robert. We're just so proud of this group. Yeah. And and the way they've gone about it, the way they've kept it in check, um, everything. There's not a negative thing, you know. And and from a personal point of view, Robbo, um, um, I've just never seen this brand of football played before, mm. ever. Mm. And I don't know if you can remember it, Robbo, but that game. Um, we played uh, Adelaide at Alice, in Alice Springs. Yeah. And there was one particular quarter, I think the second or third, third quarter, I think we smashed them. Yeah. We definitely won. Yeah. So second or third quarter, I, I went away from that game thinking that particular quarter, I've never seen um, a football team play like that before. Mm. Now, that was, um, that was a good couple of years ago. And they sort of lost that, but I think they've found that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sort of, you know, and, and going back to that Geelong game, um, there was there was just not one contest where you thought, oh, we might be in trouble here. Mm. Uh, they've got us on the rebound. Or, you know, there were just so many numbers around the ball. And every time you looked at it, you thought, well, we've got this again. Yeah. You know, and the way they're playing and backing up each other and um, just so committed you know, you don't, you, you can't see any passengers. There's no, mm. you know, everything you see is just positive and, and, and which, and I'm sure you're the same, mate, which, which makes us very confident that we're going to get the job done finally. Unbelievable. Absolutely, mate. I think it was Adelaide uh, at, in uh, Alice Springs and we absolutely dominated them from go to woe. It was a huge victory. I think it was. Yeah. And some supporter might, uh, that might uh, correct me there, but I think the worry for the for the most of the year, if we keep talking about the team currently, was the forward line. And you and I keep a real close eye on that, given that that's where we plied our craft. And there have been question marks. Ben Brown, does he play? Wiedemann, does he play? You know, we know Bailey Fritch, is he too short of a, a size to be playing out a full forward? Is he too wiry because I, I pick it? But they seem to have got that right, haven't they? And I guess when the ball comes in like it's coming in at the moment, you know, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I loved it the other the other week there, Robbo, uh, Big Benny. Just the first two just stuck. Mm. You know, gonna have a good day today. And as you mentioned, Bailey, I, I think he is a real smoky. Mm. Uh, I mean, he likes to have a little bit of a flutter. I reckon he might be a bit of a smoky at good odds yeah. for the norm. <laughs> uh, yeah. just pops up and um, kicks well, kicks through the ball. Yeah. Um, and as for Pickett, wow, he could just do anything, you know. And um, 
and there's a few others there. I just hope they kick straight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's important, as you know, uh, when you're playing, you get those first couple and the confidence is high. Mm. You know, you start missing a few and it's like, wow, mm. you're not applying scoreboard pressure. And I really think that's going to be advantageous to the team that can apply that scoreboard pressure and really convert. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter how many inside 50s you have. Um, you, you know, if you haven't got that score on the board and you're applying that pressure, yeah. uh, things can sort of go astray. But, yeah, we just, let's just hope. Yep, everything's crossed, mate. Uh, let's. Uh, the fans are loving this. They're, they're loving me talking to the old boys. I've had a chat to Schwarter. I've had a talk to Nita, guys that you ran around with back in the day. Uh, they've loved the stories and they've loved hearing about the old days. Yes, we've got an eye on this weekend, but let's talk about your early days in football, mate, because you came in as a, as a more mature player, uh, but, yeah. but early days of football, I know your mum was a big deal in your life and, and you and your brother and, and trying to keep you two in check. She must have had her work cut out for her growing up, mate. Uh, you two boys bashing away at each other in the backyard, I'm sure. What was it like uh, junior footy for you? Yeah, I suppose a lot of most players that played AFL or played at the elite level were all sort of head and shoulders above everyone else in that competition. Mm. You know, I'd like to think I had a fair bit to do with Glenn's uh, <laughs> upbringing as far as him being probably the greatest centre-half back, yeah. you know, that, that's ever played the game. Um, I gave him quite a few good hidings <laughs> in the back. Uh, there's no that, but you know, on that four or five year age gap, yeah. as you know, with siblings, um, you know, sometimes even in the lounge room, we played footy everywhere, mate. Yeah. We invented games. Uh, I remember inventing a game called Matchbox Footy. Yeah. And it was a matchbox and we'd kick it around and whatever it landed on the redhead or the dark side, uh, it was your kick. But um, when yeah. we look back at Glenn and I, uh, with fond memories, it was amazing because the game, we had an alarm clock and we had 10-minute quarters. Yep. Play the game. And but the the amount of, you know, we grew up on a farm and we had a, a sprawling big backyard mm. and we'd go and find some bean sticks for the old man when he grew, grew beans and we'd set up the goals and then we'd get yellow sand and set out the, the, the oval yeah. and the sky. And that took longer to set up than, you know, we tried to replicate sort of an MCG or whether it be with socks in the lounge room, yeah. you know, and I'd have to be on shoes. And, um, yeah, it was just great. It was a great childhood. Um, we just lived for footy and there was nothing that we couldn't turn into a football. And, um, yeah, just fond memories. I love yeah. that because that sounds a lot like Neil Danaher tells a story about playing against his, his brother and Ted. Brothers and Terry was just—it was unforgiving. He'd never give him a break, you know. Even though he was two or three, four years older, he just made sure that he lost every single time. Knew you're not getting the ball. <laughs> that was just a little bit of side fun you'd have, but um, yeah, that that resonates with me, uh, Robbo. That's um, yeah. I never gave Glenn an inch, and he, he landed more times than not with his face in the mud. <laughs> I love it because <laughs> and things like that. But that's what bigger brothers do, you know. Even though I've always had his back yeah. and things, 
school and things like that. But, yeah, there was no, um, you know, and test match cricket and all sorts of things we played, you know. Yeah. Well, you're lucky you had a brother. I had three sisters, mate, and I annoyed the absolute piss out of them every single day. But anyway, that, that's my life. Um, you, you may get to the AFL, um, you know, a little bit later than most. And you burst onto the scene, really. You sort of spent half the season in the reserves after an early game. And then you come back, and everyone knows the story. How you uh, set the record for the for the most, the fastest of fifty goals. Uh, you, you played the game. I reckon, a bit. I reckon we're similar in that we could go both ways. We could play that leading forward, mark the ball, go back and kick. But if it was on the ground, mate, you were deadly. Just good balance and could kick them from any, anywhere. You just love playing in the forward line, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely, mate. You know, um, I don't think it would have been ever fun playing in a back pocket. I couldn't no. think of that. And, and that, that's what I say. You know, he spent most of his career just punching the ball, yeah. you know, from a or a Kerner hand. Or, but, yeah, an amazing career. And uh, the way he, he – he was so young too. You know, I could talk about Glenn all day. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think definitely I was ready to go. I remember being on the front bar not long ago and um, and, and they said, oh, look, look at the stats compared to Lockett by the same games that I'd played. And I thought, well, hang on. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go. They were all probably 18, 19-year-old kids when they started their journey. So I was ready to go. But um, um, I think I hate seeing forwards that haven't got that urgency. Mm-hmm. That haven't, You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, um, you're not like an on-baller. You should have plenty of stored energy ready to go. On-ballers, as you know, travel, you know, do half marathons or three-quarter yeah. marathons during the game. I couldn't imagine that. Mm. But, um, you know, so it's it's short, fast sort of bursts and, and bursts. And you've just got to hit the ball real hard yeah. and, and just be up and about. Just have that urgency. I think if I was teaching a young kid now, I'd be saying have that urgency, you know. There's the phone going in the background. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Well, it hasn't stopped. It's amazing. It doesn't ring when uh, we're on the bottom. I'll just get rid of it. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's good. It's gone. Beautiful. Hey, um, uh, let's talk about uh, the. I, I chatted to you during a week on the phone about a game I saw that just popped up on uh, Facebook, and it was a game you played on Gary Pert, who's now – our CEO, which is ironic, because uh, you know, he <laughs> you towed him up that day, and he got he actually got moved off you, and this was at Vic Park. Tell me about yeah. that game. I think he might have kicked eleven goals that day, or seven or eight, or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. You smashed them. I kicked ten, but um, yeah, it was amazing. It was a funny game, and yeah, speaking to you early in the week, Robbo, um, and, and we both had the. Privilege, if you like. I don't know if privilege is the right word. <laughs> Playing at the top of the and what an experience that is. And, and you know, uh, I, I love Collingwood supporters. I hated them. Uh, let's get that straight. But uh, I, I love their passion. Yeah. You know, uh, first of all, I'd say I'd love to be an 18-year-old kid. Um, yeah, you know, let's say you've got no alliance to any AFL club, but being uh, drafted to a great club like that, mm. I mean, you'd have to be. You know, mm. they're just so passionate, and you've just got to appreciate that first and foremost. Yeah. Um, but what an experience, mate! I remember playing on um, on Mickey Gafer as well that day, and we we're getting fifty cent pieces thrown at, well, they were thrown at, at 
obviously in the back of the head. And yeah. I remember Mickey going, how about we play up a bit around the 50 metre line? <laughs> yeah, good call, mate. Yeah, we'll get away from here because they were just, yeah, they were like animals, really. Yeah. And that game against Purdy, I remember kicking the first one and you know what it's like, you're up and about, you've got that first one on the, on the board, the monkey's off the back. Um, you've, you've kicked one straight, no points, and you, you tell yourself I'm set for a good day here. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And I think the ball um, was in, uh, yeah, it had gone down. I'd followed Purdy around about to the halfway line. I thought, well, that's as far as I'm going, you know. <laughs> I'm not a bad yeah. And they kicked the ball backwards and sideways and, you know, got him. And, um, you know, three minutes after my first goal, Purdy's got a goal. Mm, so mm. you imagine the panther back in the back line, the Collingwood supporters going, yeah, your mate's got a goal on you as well, you know, or your, your opponent's got a goal. And, and um, yeah, and, of course, Swooper dragged me. And um, I uh, had a quick word to him on the phone. He said, look, stay warm. You'll, uh, you'll go back on. You know what you did wrong. You should follow him down. And yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, got all that. And, um, of course, uh, I can't remember who the runner was that day, but he told me to go for a run down the boundary line. And I said, go to hell. Yeah. I'm ready. I just started shaking my legs on the, you know, just sort of jogging up and down on the spot while I'm just sitting there and going, I'm warm. Don't worry about that. I'm ready to go. But I'm not walking down that bloody boundary line, that's for sure. Uh, how scary it was, you know, and sitting in the, them old tin sheds. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I was on the sideline there. There were fish coming through and the, uh, the, the abuse. It was just like, mate, I've got to kick some goals today. Yeah. I've got to do. You just grow an extra leg. It's like you get this adrenaline and and you just didn't want to be around Melbourne and, and Copper Hyde. And I had mates too that would go, oh, Purdy's going to give it to you today. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you just didn't want to end that game, you know, um, uh, down on, on on the scoreboard or, or getting beaten. So uh, yeah, that was an interesting day there with Purdy. That's for sure. It was. <laughs> I love all that because I can relate because I did the same thing, and mine was a practice match pre-season because we were at the end of Vic Park, and Joshy Fraser, the, the the number one draft pick, I think he was. He was the ruckman, and I've I've given it a little bit extra after a free kick already. And I, got, I think I might have got reported and they've dragged me straight away. And I've, I've given it back to the crowd like an idiot. Just inexperienced Tasmanian, had no idea about Vic Park. Well, I learned pretty quickly you don't do that sort of stuff because same thing, they were just smashing on the... I, I feared for my life. Yeah. But why not? I remember that day I was walking off and I remember Gary and Jimmy both sort of took a side each and they went, look, they've got long memories. I just wanted to wave to them. That's all I wanted yeah, yeah. to do. I just, I look, I've won this one, and you know, and uh, we had a win, of course, which was the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, but I distinctly remember Jimmy and Gary just grabbing a side and going, "Just let's go back in the rooms, have a shower, just let it go, mate." They got long memories, don't worry. But I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Um, I mean, you know, you love a challenge, as as I know you did as well, Robbo. Yeah. And I love to challenge. Self and and give it to them, you know, give it to them all day long, mm. and and we live to fight another day, and off you go again, and and sure, I've had days where I got beaten, and you walk off with your tail between your legs, but but so what? That's that's what the battle's all about, and the mm. contest is all about, mm. and that should inspire again to uh, come back bigger and better, yeah. you know, just just go again, you know. 
Yeah, I, I love all that because I reckon that's how I, I went about it. Football for me was an opportunity to see what I could do. What what was the, the craziest and wildest thing that I could do? Whilst obviously the ball was the object every single time, you wanted to kick a goal. Like marks were great and taking hangers were great, but you wanted to put that ball through the sticks. That's all you were thinking. So if the ball's up there in the air, I'm going for it. I don't care. And then how crazy can from the boundary line can this kick be? You know, nothing held me back. And it was the yeah. same with you, I reckon. I reckon you saw the ball, it was instinctive, you went there and you were just trying to get the ball through the sticks. Like that game at the MCG against North Melbourne, one of the, the best games you've ever played, I reckon. Everything just clicked that day, didn't it? That that scissor oh, kick goal. Absolutely, it was. And, uh, and, and like you say, as forwards, like we were, I mean, you're going to get judged on how many goals you kick. Mm. Um, uh, just like on-ballers are judged on the, the amount of possessions they get, Backmen, of course, are judged on what their opponent did. If, if they, you know, a Jake Lever keeps his man goalless, well, and he's only had three kicks, mm-hmm. he's done his job. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's a bit more pressure on the forwards. Um, sure, there are um, assists, and they're well documented these days, And, and but it's basically marks and goals, you know, mm-hmm. and what your contribution is on that scoreboard. And I don't think... It's funny uh, because uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm not a greedy person. Mm. I'm, I'm definitely not. And um, But it was in- instinctive. Sometimes you, you could have given it off when you see on a replay. Mm. But it's like, you know, especially when you've got both sides of your body and I could pretty much kick um, mm. either side equally as well. Mm. And I only needed, you know, I could turn pretty quick on a five-cent bit if you like. Yeah. And, and screw the ball back over my shoulder, over my head. And, um, you know, one thing I learned with the, the difference between playing senior footy and let's say a, a lower grade, that you haven't got much time. Mm. You know, anyone that, that debuts will, will tell you the game's a lot quicker than you ever anticipate or, mm. or you ever think of. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was sort of instinctive. It was grab it. I know where the goals are. Um, and and just turn around and snap it and bang. Yeah, it's it's so true. I remember my first game, and it went from here to here in terms of intensity. The ball was up the other end of the ground, and then all of a sudden it's in yours. And your job is to kick goals, and we've got to be instinctive. So sometimes you just make silly mistakes. But Neil Danaher always said to me, and I want to ask you about Swoop and the team at the time, because it was, I mean, the supporters watching right now would be recounting the times they used to watch you at the G and remembering and, and they'd have vivid and they'd be loving every minute of this, I'm sure. Uh, what, 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 talk to me about that team at the moment. You had Gary, you had Jimmy, um, you know, Strawberry in the Ruck. It was a great crew, wasn't it? Yeah, Todd Viney, uh, Stephen Tingay, the Phoebe's all well established, all uh, even a very young group. And, and as we know, played in 88 mm. and uh, it wasn't a great day for the club. Um, and, yeah, when, when you look at I think you could say we did underachieve with a list like that. Mm. Um, look, Hawthorne were great at the time. West Coast were up and coming, as we know, what they did in 92, 93, uh, 94, sorry, mm. uh, Carlton and the Essendons. Mm. Uh they all had good sides, but I, I still do believe, you know, we, um, I reckon, I think that infamous Dale kissed me brother in 93. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we could beat them. There's no doubt about that. Um, mm. And, 
you know, it gets down to a little bit of luck. I remember the finals in 91. Um, we'd won against Essendon and then we'd come up against West Coast in the prelim mm. and, and got beat, unfortunately, that day. And, of course, they went on to lose to Hawthorne mm. in that grand final, which I thought we we probably would have been more worthy opponents that day. And, yeah. and being in Melbourne, it was a VFL park, the first one away from the MCG. Um, yeah, I thought um, that that was a big chance. And... And we had some great coaching personnel. When I look back now, I think Sweeper was exceptional. Mm. Um, He'd probably, you know, I I know we all get older and things like that, but um, and I know that there's a lot more time invested these days with 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 uh, committees, uh, um, um, coaching groups. But uh, Sweeper was ahead of his time. Mm. You know, he always come to training. There'd be a handwritten note there in your locker about what you did well, yeah. what you didn't do, what you could improve on. So you look back on that now with fond memories and think, geez, he put a lot of time, he invested a lot of time mm. and effort into that football club. So when I look back, I think I think the coaching staff were, were good to go. Mm. Um, maybe we just couldn't get it together yeah. uh, as much as we could have. But uh, as you know, Robbo, that team on paper was – Pretty exceptional, and you know, you look at Jimmy, and um, yeah, mm. um, no, I agree with all of that, mate. It was uh, another year of missed opportunities, an era of missed opportunities, as it was for us in the early two thousands as well. I mean, you can go back through Melbourne's history; we're always been just a little bit unlucky. Uh, the, you, you mentioned kissing your brother. Talk, talk me through all of that. You, you had a big because you like to get a, a bit on the app too out there. You can see that, especially against Purdy. Love to get on the app. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've mentioned it before many a times, but, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you remember that film that came out, The Exorcist, Robbo. <laughs> yes. Um, it was pretty scary, and and especially for a 12-year-old kid or an 8-year-old. I reckon Glenn might have been 8 yeah. when I first introduced him to that, and he didn't sleep without the light on for at least four months. <laughs> and got the hell out of him, so... Um, it's funny, we've always had a bit of a running gag with that. Uh, we were brought up Catholic um, mm. and uh, we didn't go to church every Sunday or whatever, but, um, yeah. you know, we thought it was quite amusing how this young girl possessed by the devil was talking to this priest and, and, and spewing some sort of green matter <laughs> all over him yeah. and talking in a way that I probably couldn't repeat now, but uh, I, I think... Well, your fans out there and the good people of Melbourne would understand what that was all about. And yep. So then decided to start reciting some of these lines on the mark. <laughs> and uh, so I had a goal. It was late in that last quarter, and I think we might have been four points down. Yeah. And I'd missed. I'd, I'd hooked the ball a bit, and I'd missed. And, um, you know, it wasn't long to go, and now we're three points down. Yeah. And um, I think Warsfold or Guy McKenna, um, ran the ball out and and I didn't even got back to my mark yet and all of a sudden he tried to chip it over my head and the ball's landed in my hands. Mm-hmm. I think Glenn peeled off um, to uh, follow another man or chase another man up and then um, he came back, replaced the man on the mark thinking it worked yeah. the first time, oh, yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah. And started on these obscenities 
um, which uh, Belinda Blair sort of did that <laughs> when she was possessed on that bed. And I don't know how I, I kicked the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I concentrated for that time, but I got lucky, uh, hit the ball lace out, and uh, she sailed through the middle. We hit the front. And uh, probably the funniest, uh, and, and that that's it. That was that emotion that just came out there and I sort of gave gave a bit of stick back to him. Yeah, yeah. Slapped one on him and give him a kiss and um, yeah, the rest of history, I think. I, I was spewing too because I think I got a free kick the ball, went back to the centre. We, um, we were three points up mm. after that conversion and I got a free kick. But I think Andy, he played play on and Andy Lovell ran into an open goal sort of. So yeah, it, was a bit, it was a bit dirty for <laughs> nine or something, you know. But <laughs> uh, we beat him that day. <laughs> uh, the funniest thing about that, Robbo, probably, I, I did a little bit of media after the game, a uh, couple of radio spots, whatnot, and uh, I used to try and hurry up and get out there as quick as I could. And uh, so I found myself one of the last. And of course, you've heard all the all the uh, all the legend about Jimmy Steins. He used to meditate and yeah. have ice baths. And I mean, you know, these are the things that these guys have been doing the last ten years that Jimmy sort of did back then. So that's how uh, advanced he was, or in front of yeah. his time, before his time, if you like, you know. Yeah. But I just remember having a towel around me and Jimmy sort of walking in after a rub and a meditation and an ice bath and whatever else he did. And he just had this real concerned look on his face as he come towards me. I knew what it was what it was about. And if you look back on the replay, you can see Jimmy just shaking his head, you know. And, of course, in that rich Irish accent, he sort of started to uh, ask me questions about, did uh, Glenn and I have the same mother? <laughs> Couldn't and, and then he started reciting some of the things that Glenn was saying on the mark, yeah. And in that rich Irish accent, saying, You know, that's wrong, mate, that, that's bloody wrong, mate, you just can't talk like that. And all the towel wrapped around me, and there was we coming out of the towel, I was, really did piss myself, mate. It was just that funny. And I think he looked at me for the next two weeks after that, yeah. he just shook his head and just thought, God, you know. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if uh, if, uh, if if Jimmy ever knew the the full story behind that. I think I might have told him yeah. about the exorcist and whatnot, but he was still just shaking his head <laughs> and just didn't believe like two two brothers could be talking to each other like this. You know, yeah, so yeah. Uh, if you memorable for sure. If you can't kiss your brother on a footy field, you, who can you kiss, mate? And especially when your mum was in the grandstand that day. Um, yeah, that you know, probably uh, again. Uh, I'll never forget, I was living in Williamstown at the time and we were going over the Westgate Bridge and Glenn used to stay after for a couple of days and especially with mum being there and, you know, we'd get together for a couple of days and and uh, and we had a laugh. We, we I remember leaving the, the MCG, we might have had something at the Red Leaks Club or something like that that night yeah. and Glenn came up and we had a couple of drinks and, and whatnot and, um, and then we just all... Got in the car and we we're still laughing about it. It was just, it was just a laugh. It was just like being in the backyard. I love it. Glenn was laughing, Mum was laughing, and then all of a sudden, um, there was no laughing. It just sort of stopped. 
And I, I remember just looking over at mum and we, we'd only lost dad a couple of years before that, you know, so, yeah. and that, uh, mum was crying, just really yeah. quietly, the tears were just flowing. Yeah. And uh, I looked I look back at Glenn in the rear vision mirror, he had tears in his eyes mm. and we just all drove home crying, oh, you know, so um, <clears throat> that sticks in the mind, um, yeah, vividly. Oh, my we, we wiped them away and went back inside and had a drink. Yeah. It was all good. No, that's absolutely amazing. I can only imagine what it could, obviously having three sisters, to be out on a footy field with a sibling against, playing against, and to be a mum in the grandstands watching this unfold and happen, she just would have been thinking, you know, yeah, I wish Dad was here to see this. He would have been absolutely loving it. Uh, mum, was, mum was proud. She was very humbled. But deep down, she was very proud. She, she really was. And um, always, you know, always with Dad in, 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 in her thoughts. Yeah. And uh, life can be a bit cruel sometimes, but that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, we look at Jimmy, we look at Sean White, yeah. and there's a few others who, you know, uh, I, I'm really going to be thinking about them yeah. uh, this weekend. And they're, they're in our hearts and, um, yeah. Good on you, mate. That's an awesome sentiment. Um, I've got to ask you, who's your toughest opponent? Because you would have played on all the great fullbacks, or, you know, that this game's seen. Because it was, it was a good era for defensive players as well. Yeah. I'd have to put it down to Mel Michael from Brisbane. Yeah. And I think Fitzroy there a little bit too. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, he just had it all. He yeah. was quick. Yeah. He, he, he had a smart brain about him. Guy McKenna was very good too. Guy used to, what used to shit me was he'd just sit about 10 metres in front of you, yeah. who sort of let you lead out wide. And and sometimes that wasn't the best option to be kicked to yeah. when you're leading out wide. I mean, you know, you've got a tight buy and you're running, or, or a Lukey beverage, and, and you, you sort of push to lead wide. And they might look for another option. So that's a good way of curtailing mm. a forward. I think that I found that more frustrating when I didn't mind when they stood right next to me because you knew and you'd know, Robbo, as a forward, you've got the gun, mm. you know. It's when you take off. Yeah. And, I mean, we'd, we'd beat Usain Bolt over yeah. the first two or three metres when you've got the gun, you, the gun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go now and you don't know when I'm going. But um, definitely Mel, I respected all my opponents, no doubt. I played on a few few that were pretty average. I didn't think they were up to the mark. I probably should have asked that. Who was the worst? <laughs> can't say that. That's, yeah, yeah, can't. Can't say. They're all playing uh, at the highest level. Yeah. But, you know, if, um, if you did have a guy that was a, a little bit stronger yeah. or you felt that they had that strength... I remember once playing on on Heard, mm. not Jane Heard, of course, but in a final against, and I think Sheedy's, uh, Sheedy's thinking was, you know, this bloke's pretty quick off the mark, so we'll play someone uh, that, that, that can match him with that speed and that, that explosiveness yeah. of the mark. But then, you know, you knew you had it all over him strength-wise. Mm. Yeah, so you'd sit there sometimes and sit back off it and, and just sit there and push him off the ball, yeah. you know. So, uh, and with Mel Michael, you've got the best of everything. He, he if, you, if you wanted to, very strong like David Meats. I remember pre-season with Meter, and he was only a kid at the time, but incredibly strong. And we did this wrestling 
mm. in the pre-season we went to a wrestling coach and I thought, God, this bloke was strong. They called Schwarter the ox, but I tell you what, yeah. Nita was very strong and held his feet. Mm. And I found, I found Mel Michael like that, so he was just as quick. Yeah. So you had to be on your game to kick goals against the yeah. old Mel Michael, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And a good premiership player at Brisbane. He, he was a, a quality player for sure. Yeah, absolutely he was. I played on I didn't play on him too much. Nita would get him most of the time, but certainly you played around him, you could feel that that power. Now, mate, you're in Perth. You're lucky sod. You're going to the game and you're working over there at the moment because everyone's always a Melbourne supporter's like, Where's where's Alan Jakovic now? Because you did retire away from public life for a long time because that's your go and you went went to work elsewhere and You've bobbed up, obviously, on that footy show the, uh, a couple of years ago and back at the MCG, and everyone was just loving seeing you, mate. So talk to me about what you're doing now, and you're going to the grand final. Going to the grand final, mate. Um, I've been involved in, we're still charter fishing, and that's sort of come to a bit of a halt in um, in Coffs Harbour, mm. uh, where I live and my, and my family are, which I haven't seen for a, a couple of weeks, but I know my wife's watching right now because she loves your podcast, apparently. Oh. So, uh, yeah, loving and missing them uh, immensely. Um, but we've been doing a bit of work off the Abrolis Islands, which is out of, out of Geraldton. Yep. Um, and, and so that's about it, mate. Yeah, just, um, you know, still involved in that. And we do a little bit of construction in the off-season um, when we're not taking people out fishing and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. we'll do that and enjoying it. Awesome, mate. And lastly, before I let you get back to... To uh, probably it's probably beer o'clock. I would have thought, mate, if you haven't already had one. Uh, <laughs> it's probably time to, to open up a frothy. But yeah, yeah, nice to calm the nerves, <laughs> mate. Um, your time at Melbourne, uh, it was it was short lived. Your back pulled you up after a little while. You had really bad back. Um, you had to battle through with your time at Melbourne. What what do you remember most about the the Melbourne family? I guess. Because they become your family, don't they, when you play for a, for a club in that era. You always remember as being your family, the supporters as well. What do you remember about your time? Absolutely, Robbo. I think every club's got great supporters. Mm. Um, um, Melbourne, you could just see the a, a bit of the sadness or, or, or wanting success, and, and that's who I'm really hoping for, like the players, and I think we all are. And and now, Robbo, you and I forget about being ex-players. We're we're uh, frustrated supporters yep. ourselves now, aren't we? You know, and we just want to see, uh, from a selfish point of view, I don't know if it's too selfish, but I just want to see a, a flag in my lifetime, just for them people. Yeah. Um, people like the Rev, uh, Paul Vernon. Yeah. You know, better known as the Rev. Um, what an incredible bloke! He just typifies that football club. I think, Robbo. Mm. Um, amazing bloke. Um, he, he lost his, his 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 beautiful daughter Prue a couple mm. of years ago, and here he was ringing us past players, us has beens, checking up on our welfare, yeah. and uh, and things like that. And you see the work that Rod Greeter does yeah. uh, behind the scene, and Paul Hopgood, even though I think Rodney does all the work, and Hoppy's just standing behind the scene. Yes, it's true. Uh, you know, we like to give Hoppy a bit of shit, don't we? we do. But, uh, but um, and just out them supporters, I remember Robbo running laps and and I thought, look at these crazy people sitting in the rain watching us train. Yeah. And I thought they were mad. 
you know, but it, it takes being a bit more mature and, and, and getting a bit older and thinking, you know, why were they standing there? Because they love the footy club so yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and why did they come to every game and why do they just constantly there to give you encouragement? You know, you get your ass kicked and you get beaten yeah. and, um, you, you know, they're always there to just say, we'll get them next time, mate, you know, heads up, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and they're just just incredible people. I think a lot of that generation that grew up and, and, and a lot of it's family orientated where their parents and their grandparents have passed that on to them, mm. just like the Collingwoods do, you know. Mm. And I think a lot of, you know, 50, 60 plus year olds and let, let's say, and lower, that have never tasted the success, yeah. you know, that their grandparents did, you know, the, the incredible 50s and 60s and the, the success that the club had during them times. Yeah. And we've only played in, what, three grand finals since 64 yeah. or might have been two, I think, um, 88 and 2000. Yeah. yeah. It was two and we lost. And, yeah, mate, just, just for them. Mm. Um I, I, I definitely think I'm very fortunate. I'm in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, I was meant to go back a bit earlier, but I thought, well, oh, hang on. Yeah. After that preliminary, I, I could be here, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I think there's going to be a tear in the eye, that's for sure, yeah. um, when you hear that song. And I'm confident they're going to be playing that song at the end of the game. I, I just really am and, and just hoping. I'm hoping. Well, Jacko, make sure you uh, cheer nice and loud for the rest of us back in Melbourne. We'll be doing it in our living rooms. You, you do that, mate. That's been that's been awesome. Uh, Schwarter was on the show, and I asked him the question, who's the most talented player you've ever played against or with? And he said, without a doubt, hands down, Alan Jakovic, the most talented person, football, hands down. That's a, that's a feather in your cap, mate, because uh, Schwarter was pretty talented too, wasn't he? Oh, ditto with Schwarter, mate. I've never seen anyone jump like Schwarter could jump. I remember Barmy saying a lot longer, a, a, a while ago, that he just enjoyed watching him play. Yeah. He just sit back like a supporter. And he was a freak. Um, unfortunately, we didn't play too much together. Mm. When, when I was injured, he, he was playing, and probably most of that time on one leg. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, of course, uh, when I was up and about... Schwarter had just done his first, second, third Rico. Yeah. And, um, you know, footy is a game of a bit of luck. Yeah. And Schwarter definitely didn't have that luck. Yeah. But um, Jesus Christ, what what he could have been. You, you yeah. think of the greats like Peter Knights that, we grew, that I grew up with watching yeah. and marveling at. I think uh, Schwarter was um, head and shoulders above all that, you know, the the um, um, oh, I'm just trying to think of the Carlton bloke, um, Jezelenko, you yeah, beauty. Yeah. Um, you know, Schwartz, David Schwartz would have been, and, and testament to him, I mean, he had a great career and, and, and exceptional, but could you imagine if he was lucky mm-hmm. enough not to do a knee and just have healthy knees like I had, like you had during your career, mm-hmm. um, what he could have achieved. Mm-hmm. Um Sensational player, sensational bloke, yeah. um, an absolute legend, Schwarter, and um, I'm honoured to say that I, I played a couple of games next to uh, Well, yeah. he thinks the same of you, mate, and that's absolutely brilliant. But Jacko, can I say thank you for 
what you gave to football in your short little go at it. We you, we didn't see enough of you. Just a bit, you know. The the, the back pulled you up pretty quickly, but. Uh, Mate, I go back to some of those. I've been watching some of your highlights and not because I knew that I was grabbing you on the show, but because they've just popped up for some reason. And I think Melbourne's popping up everywhere at the moment. And and I just sit back and I look at, oh, yeah, that was awesome to watch, mate. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for giving your time because I know you are a giving person. You know, a lot of people don't know enough about you. And if they knew you, they'd know that you'd do anything for anybody. So thank you, mate. Ditto, mate, and I know and I enjoyed watching you. I really did. Uh, of course, it was after me. I would have loved to play and when we caught up in Melbourne a few years ago. Uh, we sort of said it would have been great to be playing together. You would have been standing on my head a few times, I, I suppose, but uh, <laughs> would have been great to a, a good balance. I'm sure we, uh, yeah, it would have been. But just wanted to say, Robbo, love um, and, and thinking of all the people back in Melbourne. Uh, life's cruel to us at the moment, but no more to anyone in Melbourne at the moment. You know, the lockdowns, there was an earthquake. I thought, how bad is this in this get? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm thinking of everyone. Uh, I'm going to be cheering like hell on behalf of everyone. And uh, I've got a duty there to just be a real big supporter and just uh, wear it on me, yeah. me heart on my sleeve and, uh, and take everyone with me. And very one of the very fortunate few. I don't know how and why it's turned out this way, but here I am. I'm here. I've got a ticket to the big dance, and um, I'm just going to be hoping like hell that the boys bring this one home. Alan Jakovic, Alan Jakovic, you are a true champion of the Melbourne Football Club, one that everybody loves. I can't wait to catch up. You have a beer with you and go on one of your fishing charters, mate. I'm I'm coming. Absolutely, Robbo. Uh, Any time, mate. Any time for you, for sure. And, and for that fact, any D supporter. Um, absolutely. And um, go D's. Go D's. See you, Jago. Yeah, mate. See you, Robbo. No worries, mate.